Mr. Pop. We've taken over again, boys. Hey, it's just down in the gutter again. Fantastic. God, when did we ever get out? This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Previously on Rock and Roll. Finey said, I will not be bullied by Brian. Brian said, I'm not a bully. And so it ensured in the last episode of uh, Rock and Roll. This is the next episode of Rock and Roll, so goodness knows what might happen. My name's Kevin Hillier, and with me as always, Mark Fine, looking very sporty, very in his, his uh, it's singlets for everyone except me, uh, on tonight's show. Have a look at Finey with his tats and his muscles and his tan. I'm, gonna, I'm here to out-bogan the bogan. <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> How about you in all red and all flashy? What, are you playing for in the NBA or something? Jesus Christ. No, I could call me Finey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Very good. From Lenny's uh, Fine Foods, we should point out, in uh, in North Caulfield, you know. Oh, yeah. It's a delicatessen and his small goods are exceptional. <laughs> Thank you to the you two got- Ronnies. Long, long may the two Ronnies live. Yeah. Hung meat sliced for your <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Uh, and Brian Mannix, of course, uh, the resident rock star of the program and uh, current, I believe, uh, f- number one or Team alternate for the Australian beer pong side for the 2032 Brisbane Olympics. Oh, what a day Australia Day was. Um, had a wonderful day. You know, I, I, I think I spoke last week. I didn't have any plans, but I said, oh, we'll probably have a barbecue by the pool. Well, not only did we have a barbecue by the pool, which I know the weather was fantastic, but I haven't played backyard cricket for ages and we played a bit of backyard cricket, and I only had two overs, took three wickets, three for two, and what a sensational bowler I was. So I bowl an off spin, and then as soon as they got used to the off spin, I do two balls off spin, then I do a bit of leg spin, and I even got the leg spin to kind of work, not on all of them, but on some of them. It's like coming in from the legs into the wicket. And then just when, like in the first over, I took a wicket, and then my friend Charlie gets in to have a bat, and I thought, I haven't bowled a fast one yet, so I'm going to bowl as fast as I can. And it was supposed to be a Yorker, and it just smashed her in the ankle, LBW. You want to see the bruise on her leg? Fantastic. Oh, I'll send you the photo. What sort of ball were you the- using? It was a tennis ball, but I'm very fast, Kev. <laughs> and, um, and then we played the uh, beer pong. And um, but it was really cool because I was in charge of the music. So yeah, I can when tell we're playing when we're playing cricket, you know, we're playing how's that, how's that's going, and then when we're playing beer pong, like you know, I've got chariots of fire, so I'm moving in slow motion. Then Disco Gary, he's got um, Eye of the Tiger. Anybody had had their own theme music and. It was just the funniest, funniest day, and um, there is nothing more re- dangerous than a person in uh, in an uh, entering an intoxicated uh, area uh, who's in charge of the music on their phone through your Bluetooth app. 
Ah, it was fantastic. And um, it was it was really the perfect Australia day. Like we played backyard cricket. We swam in the pool. We had a swim in the beach earlier. Um, we got pissed and um, a bit of beer pong. And so, you know, it's what is, what's makes Australia great. And uh, I, was, I was really grateful to embrace it all in one particular Australia day. Anything you can see obviously missing from that great Australian Day celebration, Finey? Yeah, class. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually sounds like a great day. Yeah, it does. It actually sounds, well, it, actually, actually sounds, it actually sounds like the sort of day you'd have when you're a teenager and there's no reason you shouldn't have it for the rest of your life. Well done. Well, that was it. And I tell you what, there was a bit of activity on my balcony um, after the, the the proceedings, and um, and apparently, you know, fortunately nobody threw a TV off the uh, balcony or anything because they do have video footage. I'm now told, but they don't review it unless somebody throws a TV off. So I'm glad because otherwise they'd have all this footage of me walking around in the nude on my balcony. And um, yeah, so anyway, that worked out well. But it was a terrific day. Hang on. And, hang uh, on. You reckon no one's got? Uh, I've got. I got three hours of that footage. Well, I went for about three hours. I tell you, yeah, it's, it was it's, amazing. It's, <laughs> it's a YouTube channel. Well, all right. Anyway, enough about me. Thank you, Kevin. Um, can you start? It's to- called Hot Schoolboys at the Gold Coast. I don't know what you're. <laughs> Right. Now, <laughs> there are far more interesting things to talk, discuss than Oh, uh, yes, is there? Than, than Hang on, you're the one who started this. Just remember who started the conversation about what went on on the balcony. Uh, well, it was, it was uh, some, you know, listen, what happens on the privacy of my balcony? And, it, and the other, you know the, good, you know the really good thing about that? If there'd been right. another person involved, there might have been a, a problem. Well... Anyway, well, let's move oh, on, yeah, shall we, we Kev? Oh, we let's go. move on. Let's move on. Uh, actually, today was good. I was sitting on the balcony and I saw some chick. She's lounging all over the balcony in the other building. And I'm thinking, this must be some, you know, those chicks that, you know, influences. And so, you know, I think I'm watching her and then her friend gets up and then they start stripping down to their undies and then they think, oh, I'll get the binoculars out now. And um, it was the it was the best day with binoculars I've had on said balcony. So there you go, and here we are. Oh, Jesus! Oh, mate, she had like the bondage, the bondage undies and shit. I was like, what the hell is going on with you, woman? But thanks for the view. Jeez, I went to Safeway and saw two people fighting today. There's a high point of mind. What do you do? Finally, you would have worked your bum off today. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, hard day Monday. Pack yeah. and fill, placing orders. Um, yeah. yeah. Wasn't any I, live nude women in the Safeway that I was in? Only four. I, we only had, I, I only had, I think, four girls in their young 20s coming in bondage underwear today. Only four? <laughs> only the four. Jeez, down on last week. Yeah. But, but at least if they come in the shop, you don't need the binoculars. You reckon he's using them? Well, <laughs> you know, I just pretend I've got them so that I can look at the whales, but, you know, come on, give me yeah. a break. Brian, As just, if I give a shit about the whales. When you put the binoculars, stop going racing Flemington in the third. <laughs> People know you're looking at them. You're not telling anyone. <laughs> I don't care. 
You know, I don't care whether they see me strolling around in the nude. I don't care whether I see them strolling around in the nude. It's I think it's I think fr- it's time it's for me to, I think it's time for me to quote a famous line from TV. Mm-hmm. Please do. You dirty old man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. The remake uh, the remake of Steptoe and Son set on the Gold Coast. Why didn't they ever do Steptoe and Son on the Gold Coast? Did every yeah, they other brought bloody it to, they brought it to Australia. Did I, I was about to say they bought every program I can remember, you know, uh, Love Thy Neighbour, almost every single one of them. Father, Father, dear Father. Yeah, they, they all came out. Did they bring Steptoe out? Not the a series, but they brought the two of them out. Oh, Wilfred Bramble and what was the other bloke's name? Harry H. Corbett. That's him, yes. They, they brought them out for a, a sort of a, a live tour and that's when they really, at the animus between them, grew to a point of hatred because they were sort of living with each other day in, day out, and very different people. Did they you not know, get Wilfred, on? It, it ended up sort of very... Very much a, a acrimonious situation. Oh, okay. At that point, at that point, Wilfred Bramble had become a sort of uncontrollable drinker. Um, you know, he was he was in real life very highfalutin. He was he was homosexual, and that was used against him. And he he turned to the bottle. And Harry O. Corbett, on the other hand. Came to the series actually as from serious acting on the where is it East West End or something yeah the West End yeah yeah and he sort of started resenting the role because he couldn't get any other work but it paid so well he kept doing it and and um, it all blew up it was a tour of Australia and New Zealand and it all blew up in New Zealand when they had an early morning radio interview and Wilfred Bramble turned up drunk and. Absolutely gave it to New Zealand and New Zealanders. Oh. Worst place on earth, inbreds, you know, oh just God. vile stuff. He, they had to pull the interview and the reaction was so bad that the Prime Minister in the New, of New Zealand intervened and demanded they leave the country. So they sort of went their separate ways in disgrace. Oh, well, wow. And that was, well, they didn't do much after that. You know, I've always had a theory about, you know how, I mean, they're two people that obviously worked together on a, on a TV series and didn't get on. Famously, Rowan and, Mar- uh, sorry, uh, Martin and Lewis, um, uh, you know, clashed all the time as well. I've always had this yep. theory, and, and uh, I guess it's because I'm a radio bloke, if you're on the radio with another person and you don't get on, it's almost impossible to keep that relationship going. Whereas if you're in a sitcom with someone you can't stand – you actually can make it work because it's not your words. You're reading other people's words and thoughts mm. and feelings, and it's not you. So you're actually being an actor and you're doing what your job is, which is to act. But the minute you go into a radio situation, be it a breakfast show or whatever it is, and you're working with someone you don't like, um, it it just it blows up quicker. Well, well, well the, that- writers, the writers of Steptoe and Son, Galton and Simpson, knew that. You, you know, it was very cleverly written. Oh, okay. It wasn't- it wasn't just comedy, even though, you know, it was like the there's an amazing story about Steptoe and Son. They helped change the shape of the world. In what way? There was a major election in the 60s 
and the Conservatives were in power and Labor was considered a chance to topple them. Now, I think Harold Wilson was the Labor Yeah, I remember Harold Wilson, yeah, late 60s. That night of the election, now the booths closed at 7 o'clock. That night of the election was the first night of the year for Steptoe and Son, the highest rating show in England. And Harold Wilson was genuinely concerned, that show being very popular with working-class Englishmen, that a number of people that should be voting wouldn't vote because it would get to about 6 o'clock and they'd all be rushing home to watch Steptoe and Son, and he thought that could really affect him. And they actually mapped out 40 or 50 seats that were very close that he thought he could lose. So he rang up the head of the BBC and in an, in an unprecedented move, convinced the head of the BBC to move that airing to 8.30. Good God. And they won that election by a squeak. And their own pre-election pollster, pollster experts calculated that had Steptoe and Sun been on, they would have lost the election. Wow. And that was that was in the early 60s, Cold War and assassination of Kennedy time and all yeah. of that, very, very momentous time in in world history and world could have read quite differently had there been a conservative government voted in and Steptoe and Son played its part. Good God. There you go. Well, here's another little bit of trivia for you about Steptoe and Son. Reggie Dwight changed his name to Elton John. His middle name is Hercules, Elton Hercules John. But it's not after Hercules, the Greek god or whatever. It's after the horse in Steptoe yeah. and Son. Oh, yeah, that that's is. right, there's two. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. It was a good show. It was a very funny show. I mean, I remember watching it as a kid and, and it was it was as funny as. And they were brilliant. The old man was disgusting. I mean, I mean, it had a great premise. The premise was that yeah, the junkyard, the sun, the sun, sort of thought that he was better than his. You know, he wanted to better himself and better than his circumstances. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, the situation would often be manipulated that he was being hard done by because his father had done something disgusting. <laughs> but but you know. And with quite powerful and poignant acting, the father go, I know what this is about. <laughs> you think you're too good, you know. And, and a lot of a lot of it was uh, I've watched it all the time, and there's plenty of it. And you can there's audio tapes, and you know there was that great episode. I don't know if you remember with what the butler saw. You know, he picked up one of those old machines. And they, they, you put in a penny and it was old pornos. <laughs> oh, I wife, remember that. Yeah. And he's 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 turning it. He goes, have a look. Have a look at it. Oh, look. He's the milkman. <laughs> he's in his britches. <laughs> I can see your bum. <laughs> he goes, he's turning around, looking in the face. And then he just stops dead. He finished. He just completely stops and... He looks at his father. He goes, "You dirty old man." He goes, "Harold, you don't understand. Those were tough times. Young man leaning on a fence post. Somebody comes up, says you want to be in the movies." <laughs> and, he, 
And he goes, what if your mother would have found out? He goes, she knew. That was her sister Rose in the bath. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, you're disgusting, pouring milk over. He goes, they gave us a free pail at the end of the shooting. (laughs) Oh, great. Uh, There was an American Uh, version of it too, wasn't there? And it was bloody awful. Sanford and Son. That's right. Sanford yeah. and Son, that's right. Uh, With Red Fox. Was it Red Fox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red yes. Fox. I can't even remember who the young one was in that. So, Black Fox? No. Do, uh, oh. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Black Fox. No, you'll get a shot. Um, he was, he actually, I think one, his name was, was George Brown. Wasn't he the one that always no, said, be racist. <laughs> wasn't he the one that always said, oh, you bloody nignog, oh, you white honky. Was oh, no, that, no, no, that was Love, Love Thy Neighbour. Neighbor. Yeah. Love Thy Neighbour. And on the buses, the girl walks up the stairs and, oh, nice bit of crumpet back. It's like, <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Yes. Not- God bless those unwoke times where people just be sexist freaking pigs. Hey, I heard uh, I heard uh, someone play, uh, 3W actually it was, played uh, Jumpin' My Car on the radio on the weekend uh, as just as an intro song out of, a, you know, an intro into the next segment. And um, and Grubby was on there, and Grubby said, oh, you probably wouldn't get away with that song these days. Sure, you could still be able to uh, put out a song with the with the lyrics of that not – we or have we come that uh, that far now that oh. you can't even do that? It's not like I it was a – it wasn't like it was a serious pick up a young child and do something horrible. It was a, it was a you know, bloke trying to yeah, get – Yeah, I'll take you home. Yeah. Get a bit of – Humpy Pumpy with you, but no, you're too far away. I can't be bothered. Yeah, the whole and the whole, um, you know, the the Herman and the and the rest of the boys in the band doing the um, the, the high yeah. falsetto <laughs> bits yeah, in it. Yeah. Uh, I just thought, surely we haven't come that far that you couldn't play "Jump in My Car" on the radio anymore. I had I an interesting. One, I had an interesting one on the weekend. I was listening to nine two seven just in the car. Yeah. And it was some race. It wasn't a major race or anything. And as the horses were going to the, the I think it might have been at Mooney Valley. Um, I think it was that four horse race. There was a race with four horses. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, fourth or fifth. What, yeah. And he goes, and, and one of the horses actually was hard to handle on the on the way to the barriers. And the guy doing the preview. Said, gee, I wouldn't want to be on it. And he said, gee, if you've taken the shorts. And then he used an expression. I thought, I wonder if you can say that. He goes, if you'd taken the short price in, you'd be sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage. Oh, 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 oh. it's a good line, but I reckon there'd be, uh, gee, I'm surprised I didn't get pulled up on that one. You do, you, uh, I must have been. These days, when I go to say something, I, I mean they do uh, like owning their own properties, gypsies, <laughs> or be or be or be in a mobile home. But and I'm not. I'm just saying that that's what you know. They don't like. It, it's it's not super rude because as a people, they just don't like dealing with banks, and they're yeah. known to use cash and whatever, and nothing yeah. wrong with that. Plenty of wealthy people from Romany background to use a better term. But I was just surprised here. <laughs> in the middle of Sunday afternoon, he's sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage. Yes, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good expression. I like the expression, but uh, interesting. Now, well, speaking, hey, of, speaking of you and the radio, hey, Mr. Fine, yep. what, sorry, what is that female voice I'm hearing, Brian? Oh, that's Becky and Charlie 
complaining about the bruises they got from um, my fast bowling. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't blame them. Uh, now, I've got to ask this question. I was sent a message on Facebook, uh, Mr. Fine, about a certain yeah. Mark from South Yarra uh, being a random uh, caller on uh, the ABC on the weekend. Oh, somebody heard it, did they? So it was you. I, I, I was driving to work on Sunday. Sunday, okay. Quite, quite early. And Lisa Leong does the morning program on a Sunday. Very good broad, good broadcaster. She very good. And she was talking about the fact that a lot of people are wanting to be shearers, sheep shearers, that the, the, the classes, sheep shearing school was full and there were people queuing up to have a crack at sheep shearing. Right. And she said, you know, for a lot of people that would be a 180-degree change in their careers. And she asked the callers, has anybody taken a 180-degree career change, a big ah. career change? I thought, well, being, given it was radio, talkback radio, that going from talkback radio to owning a deli is a bit of a change. Bloody oath. So I rang in and we had a little chat and she was very good and asked all the right questions and Robert's your father's brother. There you go. Good on you. Well done. Yeah. Well, because yep. a lot of people who've been involved in the industry over the years won't call radio stations for fear of, oh, someone will say, someone will think I'm, I'm down on my luck or whatever. But that, that's gone. I'm pleased you did that. Oh, yeah. I've, I've called um, David Astle. Is that his name? Yeah, the nighttime bloke with the, the wordsmith. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's yeah. he's amazing. He's he's a, a different sort of broadcast. He's not mainstream broadcaster by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But I, find no, I like it, him. I really like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, it's funny because I wanted to call yesterday, but I was in the car because the sports broadcaster on the ABC came on, and when he came back, he was sort of talking about the tennis, previewing the tennis, and then he got into a discussion with the afternoon host. He wasn't very sports minded. And they just start talking about scoring in tennis. And the afternoon host goes, now I wonder why naught, or somebody SMSed in, why, did, why, why is zero love in tennis? And then the guy explained, the tennis guy explained, well, they used to use a clock. That's why it's 1530 because they used a clock to score. Yep. So it's. It was divided in three quarters, but instead of 45, because two points to win the game, it ended up 15, 30, 40. But why love? And the answer is because it's actually from the French L apostrophe earth, which is l'oeuf, which means the egg. So an earth in French is an egg and it's shaped like a zero. Yep. Um, and that was the answer to that. Also, I did... You know why you should never fall in love with a tennis player? Because love means no. nothing to them. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so a, what, an old movie, what, I think. What you're saying, <laughs> Fine, is that tennis was a lot better when they used to get their clock out. <laughs> oh, Brian. You know what? God love you. <laughs> it was getting it was getting way too serious. It yep. needed something stupid to be said just to sort of break it up a little bit. And uh, and I was on the radio well, last going, week. That, that's why the guy. That's why the guy went to the clock repairers. Yes, pulled his clock out and said, "Could you put two hands on it?" Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Uh, I want to mention I was on the radio last week, not just the Geelong show that I do, but um, I, I did a, an interview with uh, an overnight interview with Tony Mo Claire on 3AW. Um, oh, that's good. Tony's oh, a yeah. Good fellow. Yeah. Who, the, who the hell's Tony Mo Claire? He's a good fellow. Guido Hatzel. Used, yeah, exactly. Guido Hatzel. Look, I can take a lots of good people. I don't want to interview them, though, Kev. What you, are you, you would you, remember you, Guido Hatzel. The no, ca- I don't. The character Guido Hatzis was the early 2000s on the Triple M Drive Time Shantani and uh, and Julian oh, Schiller did that, the Crud Boys. Okay. And All right. They, were, they okay. were very they were very good. Um, uh, they didn't uh, – I don't think – I can't remember how well they rated or they rated well or not, to be perfectly honest, but they were good, were good blokes. Worked with them for a little while then and then I did an interview with Tony uh, during the week to talk about uh, me, which was good fun for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, Phil sent me something about that. There was a big um, interview about you and your historic and groundbreaking radio career. Yeah, well, well done. So, yeah, well, it's fifty. Well, about time. It's fifty years this week. Yeah. Well, where yeah, would we be in fifty years? You know, right well, here on the fifth. Me and Finey. on the fifth of February, nineteen seventy-three. If I'd have said where will I be in fifty years, Brian, I would not have been thinking I'd be sitting in a room talking to you and Finey. No, you would. You would have thought you'd be living on your yacht, <laughs> flying around the Caribbean, and you know, getting your helicopter off the helipad off your boat. Mate, at sixteen Which, years of age, I didn't have a clue what I'd be doing in fifteen minutes, let alone you know, fifty minutes, let alone fifty years. You should have written a song about it. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I thought of that on. at the time. That come on, fellas, yeah. leave the song writing to me. Is that that, that would again. never work? It had never worked. <laughs> Where have <laughs> we been fifty years? Who wants to hear about that? What a load of shit! And now I've got to please. ask you, Brian. Mm. Molly's birthday. I've, yes. I've spoken to a couple of people today on various uh, various means, not necessarily speaking, but you know, conversing with a couple of people who went to his party uh, for his 80th. Why weren't you there? 80th. Well, 80th. Well, apart from the fact that I'm two thousand kilometres away. Well, that's not probably, an excuse. Well, I didn't get a, a personal invitation, so um, I'm sure I could have crashed it, and I would have been well accepted there, but. Um, it wasn't convenient and, um, you know, I'll do anything to stop him getting up on a ladder to put some decorations on again. We know how that turned out last time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't want to put any pressure on Molly having a party and I, I, you know, I think it would be good if we all chipped in and got him a Stairmaster after looking at his ass with Elton John. But, <laughs> um, you know, life isn't perfect. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's a hell of a life, though. Uh, eighty years. He's he's packed a lot into his eighty years. He's packed one hundred and sixty into eighty years. Yep, yep. And, fair, and, and fair look, it, it, there would have been times when people wouldn't have thought he would have got to sixty, let alone eighty. Well, yeah, no, he's um, lived a good and you know, like you know, you know, Kev, when he used to do breakfast at Triple M, and his assistants said to sort of like. I don't know where my car is. And, they, you know, they'd have to ring around the Chevron and all these joints trying to find out where Molly's Rolls Royce is with the with the aerial broken off and he's got a um, a coat hanger instead of an aerial on a Rolls Royce. That's, yeah. that's unique. But, um, yeah, look, you know, you talk about rock stars going hard. Uh, Molly, Molly's right up there. Uh, I, 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 not many went harder than Molly. No, no, look, you know, he wasn't a drug man or anything like that, but, geez, did he love a vodka and cranberry juice. Woohoo! Loved a drink. 
And that's a great drink too, isn't it? Cranberry <laughs> juice stops you getting cancer so you can get pissed and be healthy all at the same time. So well done, Molly. Yeah, I'm avoiding cancer and I'm getting pissed out of my mind. And you don't smell that bad because it's not like the other uh, alcoholic drinks that you can have that you you smell like it for the next three days. Well, I smell like that all the time, Kev, because I don't give myself myself three days off. Oh, God. Uh, Now, the tennis. Can can I ask Brian something, Kev? Of course you can. Yes. Now we all know what side of politics you 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 were on there. Well, you, we know what side of American politics I'm on. Australian politics can swap and change. Um, what, do you not, th- what do you think of Albanese? Look, um, it was it would have been my choice, but I'll just will say this to show that I am a swing voter. I did vote for Kevin Rudd, which was a big mistake, obviously in hindsight. But I think um, so far he's done a pretty good job. I thought um, sending Penny Wong off to all the Pacific nations to uh, shore up our alliances with them was a very good move. Um, he, As long as he doesn't drive two down this green cult bullshit thing, you know, okay, we've got to look at the, after the environment, but as long as he doesn't go too far down the road like Biden has – and just trashes our economy, you know, so far he's done nothing to annoy me. He's no Dan Andrews so far. Okay. No, fair answer. Because did you hear about the announcement regarding the arts today and a big injection for Australian music? Yeah, I did hear that. but Australian music and live music and Jenny Morris, I think, is involved there and she was... I don't think she can even sing anymore. I thought she'd lost her voice. Um, yeah, but anyway. She's a big advocate for this. You know, they're putting big money into live music venues all around Australia. It sounds well, very very encouraging. Well, that sounds good. What I heard, though, like there was a big component for Indigenous musicians, which is fair enough, um, and then the second component I, I also thought was kind of slanted towards our um, – First Nation people, um, and then I think I nodded off to sleep when I heard three, four, and five, but I didn't quite understand <laughs> what three, four, and five was um, because I was dreaming about uh, Gina Lola Brigida, and that was far more interesting than three, four, and five. So, yeah. So my only thing go. about that is, and I haven't read it and I don't know anything about it, but I just uh, a cursory kind of glance at what's been going on in Victoria with the money they've been throwing into it. It's created a lot of jobs for the for, for not necessarily for the people like Brian for the performers, but certainly for all the people, um, the road crews and event staff and all those people who who really did get nothing during COVID. Got well, got, couldn't work because there weren't any gigs, there weren't any, right. wasn't anything to do. So, lighting companies, road managers, um, sound equipment people, they got nothing. So, if they're getting something out of all this money that's been spent, I'm I'm hundred percent behind that. But I don't particularly think it's a great thing if we're throwing millions of dollars at people who are already millionaires to come out here and perform. I can see some of that being worthwhile, but I think they've got to be really careful where they, who they throw that money at. There was absolutely no value in bringing Billy Joel out here, 
and there was no value for Victorians bringing Jimmy Barnes down here to play during COVID or when the COVID thing finished. And my concern would be that there's $300 million, but the people distributing it and how they distribute it will actually just be a mess. Um, I don't think it'll get to where it wants to, where it needs to get. Maybe for the First Nation people, I'll give them some opportunities, stick them in a studio, record some music, great. But I don't think for, you know, like my son's band, um, Max's band, I don't think it's probably going to benefit them. I don't think it's going to benefit me. I hope it does. But I, I just think there's a lot of... I just don't think it'll go to the right places. I hope it does, and I've got only, you know, it's only history that tells me that the money doesn't, you know, like, you know, what what, what do politicians know about the music industry? So they, you know, they just go to Gidinski and Gidinski and spend it on whatever he thought was appropriate, but, you know, but, you know, as we saw, he bringing Jimmy Barnes down from New South Wales to play with Victorian money. I thought that was rubbish. Um, so, yeah, I'm sceptical about it. I like the initiative, but I'm very sceptical that it'll actually, it could just be a nice, you know, oh, look what we're doing for the music industry and it doesn't really benefit. There'll be $300 million spent, but whether it actually helps anybody, I, I don't know. Well, it will. It'll help someone, but it might not be the right someone. And it might not. Well, it's a bit well, like when we talk about the AFL money, finally, when we talk about where that goes and how much gets actually finishes up down at the at the Bentley Football Club or the, you know, the Hyatt Football Club or the, the Hoppers Crossing Footy Club. Well, that's it. But, you know, grassroots. They talk about it. But they, but yeah, they talk, talk I think about it. I think they're on grass and this. Worry too much about their own roots, Brian. The only thing I would uh, that I question out of all that, you, you throw all that money into the music industry and do all that stuff. My only thing about that, when you when you boiled all down and you and your son's band and you know Finey's mm. daughter's band over here and all that, all get money, all get all get to get in the studio, make a record, go, and everyone goes, that's fantastic. Where the friggin' hell does radio fit into that? Because they won't play it. Wow. Where, where does yep. television fit into that with a show that showcases everybody's, uh, you know, new bands, not just the ones that have got record wow. contracts already? Where does that fit in to that $300 million to make well, all that look, work you're doing to get people into a recording studio actually f***ing worthwhile in any way? Well, I, I think you actually touched on a good point, um, Kev. I think, you know, you'd probably be better to finance a show like Countdown and give young bands and, you know, if Daryl Braithwaite or James Rain's got a new single out, let put them on. Let's let people hear it. Let people see it. You know, create a vibrancy about music, which Countdown did. Um, so I think, you know, you spend $100 million making a, a TV show, that would be great. And spend two hundred. nobody watches TV. Stream it. Have a streaming platform. Have have an Australian music yeah, streaming platform. Just, I think, I think something to make people more aware of new bands and new songs. I think that's probably where you should go, rather than you know, I don't know what what you spend the money on. I will pay Billy Joel to come out and give him six million dollars. What the f- for? You know, it doesn't help anybody except Billy Joel. And and the tickets were still three hundred bucks a ticket, so you know I don't see how there was any benefit to Victorians over that. Yeah. Um, 
So, but yeah, I think I think um, a TV show or a streaming platform, something that gives people gives musicians a voice like Countdown used to and Sounds Unlimited used to, and um, so that people can you know discover new music and discover new bands, whether they be First Nation or you know Samoan or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's all Australian music. Yeah, and, but also but also play Phil Manning's new album or uh, play yeah, Colin yeah, Hayes' ab- new album and play absolutely. play Brian Mannix's new album. Play all that stuff as well. And, and then if you get the show to be successful, like Countdown. It puts pressure on radio stations to play new music rather, you know, because what have they got? They've got about a 20% Australian content. Is that about right? Yeah, that's what I think of what it used to be. And and they fill it up. They don't play any new Australian music. They play Blue Sky Mine. They play K-San. They play all of this same old shit we've been listening to for 40 years. And it's not to say Blue Sky Mine or K-San aren't great songs. But we've been listening to them for forty years. Let's let's move on. Yeah, but you know, as, as but much radio, as, I, as the eighty suits me, and let's move on. Come in on. radio's defence, though, people won't listen to a whole lot of stuff that they're not familiar with. That's not what they're going to do. But if you put it on as a as a, it's a channel over here, and with everything that you've got, doodads in your cars these days, you can listen to anything you want. So either in your car, or whatever, it's a it's an independent channel that just plays all this Australian stuff, new and old, and you sample it. And you might go and buy it. You might stream it. You might do, you know, download. You might whatever you do. But um, you can you can you can pepper it with okay. Let's play a cold chisel classic, but let's not play K Sam. Let's play Four Walls off yeah, East. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's play um, Cold Cold Change from Head Injuries album. Yep. And be like, ah, oh, shit, I remember this. And then you can you know you can sandwich these old classics which we don't hear. In between, oh, here's the Dirty Boys from Tasmania and here's their new tune and, you know, I don't know. I, I think if you're going to spend the money, that's that's be where I'd be spending it just to give people a voice and, you know, okay, do what you need to do to make it commercial and work. But I think I think, I think it, could, it could work, but I don't think they'll spend the money that creatively. No. All right, boys. Beautiful. Fine. Thank you. Now, black, black arm bands, here we go. Uh, now, this one finally. Uh, oh, hang on, actually. The, the death, Eliza, what's happened this week, Kev? The... <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the death, Eliza, folks. Who died this week? Well, we're going to find uh, out right now. Blow into this, Brian. We need to check if you're, uh, if you're still with us. Uh, yeah, you are. Uh, yeah. And you're about 0.07. Uh, John Devine passed away at the age of 82. Geelong yeah. coach, great Geelong yeah, player. I've got a great Rob Devine story. It's probably – but the the way you said that, it's probably not a wonderful story about him. It's just a John Devine story. That's an amazing story. I Go still on. can't believe it happened. Go on. So going back many, 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 many years, I was actually helping out my dad's shop in Baronia. Anyhow, St Kilda had lost to Geelong at Waverley by about six goals. It was one of those years where about five weeks later we were playing them at Cadinia Park. And John Devine, after the game, goes, when they play, when they come to Cadinia Park, Gary Ablett will beat them on his own. And I took great offence at that. So I wrote a letter to Crackers Keenan in his column and he printed it. Oh, yeah. I said, I said, not only will Ablett not beat them, St Kilda will go to Cardinia Park and win. And he wrote... 
you know, it was from Mark Vine, um, and it actually put down, I put down the, the shop name, and he put that in the, you know, he said it was a jeweler or something from Baronia, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, the phone starts ringing, and there's people calling me from Geelong wanting to have a bet. I'll have a bet. I'll have a bet. <laughs> phone call, and he goes, I want to speak to Mark Vine. I said, yeah, speaking. He goes, this is John Devine, mate. I said, bullshit. <laughs> he goes, no. No, he goes, it is. He goes, you're going to put your money where your mouth is? I said, all right. And he goes, 50 bucks on the game. And he said, and you can come into the rooms after the game and have a, uh, meet the players and whatever after the game. And pay me the 50 bucks. Anyhow, we actually played pretty well. We lost by about 18 points. So I go to the room and I got the $50 and my mates are waiting outside. I tell the guy on the gate, yeah, come in, come in, we're expecting you. Now, I thought John Devine would be really magnanimous about, you know, oh, good on you, mate, Good, thanks for coming and paying it, right? He walks me and the players are all on bicycles doing a warm down. Yep. And he goes, I want you to hand, hand the money over where all the boys can see. So I'm standing in the middle of the whole Geelong team and he goes, this is the big mouth that thought St Gilda could f***ing beat us today. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I got showered with those paper cups. Yes, uh, humble in victory, I guess we could say. <laughs> but I, I did have the last. I, I did. I did have the last word, as I often did, because he said, "Come on, fellas, come on." He was good enough to come in the rooms, and he goes, "Would you? We'd like you to be a guest for the players for an after match drink." And I said, I'd rather stop off at a servo on the way back to civilization than have a drink with you, yokels. <laughs> 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 oh, beautifully done, Finey. To, nice to a loud chorus and piss off. <laughs> uh, what year would that have been? Do you remember? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I would have been around 20. You got to check when he coached Geelong. It yeah, was around I... when I was around 20 to 22 or something. Was um was Rat Buse playing from then? I can't remember. I ended up becoming good mates with Andrew when I was on SEN. Yeah, great Rats, bloke. Rats a ripping fellow. I have him every week great on the radio bloke. show. Great bloke. I remember looking at. I remember the one play. Obviously, you go in there to look for is Ablett. Yeah. Well, if I can tell you that nineteen blokes were on a bike, I can tell you he wasn't. He already. <laughs> he, was already he was already in full civilian clothing. It was only three minutes after the game. <laughs> I can put his jeans over his over his shorts. Yeah, that'd be Gary. And a shirt over his jumper. That'd be Gary. It was a pair of jeans. I remember it was a pair of jeans and a red flannel shirt. Yep, that'd be right. Yep. Uh, so John Devine passed away. Uh, there you go, John. You got that fifty bucks from Viney. Uh, Lisa Loring passed away. She was sixty-four. Now, who's Lisa Loring, Kev? Wednesday, Wednesday Adam. That's that's very young. Yep. Wednesday from the Adams family. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's got her own series now with a new actress. Yeah. So there's a Wednesday series. Yes, there is. But she's not part of it because she passed away at 64. So oh, well, do you think the two are connected? Like she was no longer Wednesday. So she lost all purpose in life and gave up and died. I think perhaps. she, I think she has I've been got Wednesday a Wednesday Adams story. <laughs> so don't tell me you you were invited into the change room. <laughs> so I, 
So I, I bred quite a few greyhounds back in the day, and one of them nicely bred big, so I called Wednesday Adams. You called the what, dog Wednesday Adams. Yeah, yeah she was a good dog. She won it. She won in. She won it in three different states in in town. She won at right. Angle Park, Sandown, and Wentworth Park. That's a pretty good effort. Um, can you can you imagine the thrill that the actress would have knowing that a <laughs> greyhound has been named after her? She must have been wrapped. Well, at least yeah. it was a female greyhound. Yeah. So I, I set her up one night. Kerry Chalker was the trainer, but I was actually sort of handling it and doing most of the training. So that was the famous night. It was Christmas Eve. I took her to Terralgan. And yeah, but you, just took, you just took it to the movies. It wasn't really any <laughs> training, you know. It's crazy. No, I took her to Terralgan, and I, and I knew she'd run well. She'd never been there, but she liked new tracks, and she was a good box dog. She drew the blue. She was 10 to 1 in the open class, but mm-hmm. well, she was a good dog. And there was one yeah. bookie there. Des Sounds Bull. like my bedroom last night. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm going to be quiet now. Yeah. So there was only one bookie there. I think it was named Des Dooley. Anyhow, um, I, I went with another guy. He handled the dog so I could back her. I had money on her at 10s, like 100, then 7s, I had another 150, and 5s. I backed her again because I took, like, 400 bucks to back her with. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's not a big betting ring, only one bookie. And she won by four or five lengths. And I went and I cleaned him out. He, he actually didn't have all the cash. He had to go borrow money off somebody else and, Anyhow, later on in the night, they had a break between races and this fire truck turns up and there's Santa Claus on it and it was Des Dooley because he was also secretary of the club and he was dressed up as Santa Claus handing out lollies to all the kids. Hang on and a second. Stage, and at that stage, I had a couple of young, you know, like a four-year-old and a six-year-old and I thought it might be nice just to take them home something a little. So I went up there because everybody was going up, adults and whatever, and he was getting everybody a packet of this sort of Christmas gift way. And I put my hand up to get one. He goes, don't you think you've already taken enough off me now? Piss off. <laughs> uh, it's a theme <laughs> developing with all funny stories. Have you noticed, Brian? I get told to piss off a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. The end of each of funny stories, they, they all end with the same thing. It's not, and they lived happily ever after. It's an piss off, funny. <laughs> oh, I, think, uh, I think we're writing children's books. That's we, you know. We're happily ever after is raising their expectations too much. They're going to be, you know, cursed with not living up to those expectations. So I think piss off Finey and Cinderella and the handsome prince, prince <laughs> went to the castle and said, piss off Finey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, speaking of the castle, a lady who had a very, uh, very big um, sort of, I guess, royal um, oh, vestige in this country uh, because she became a bit of a spokesperson in this country for when you wanted to talk to someone about the royal family, often she would get the phone call. Diana Fisher passed away this week at the age of 91. She was on The Inventors on the ABC. She was on Beauty and the Beast. Um, on Famously on The Inventors, she always asked, is it safe for the kiddies? Um, and she was actually sitting in the chair either next to or two down from Normie Row, the day on the midday show that the famous fisticuffs took place between Normie and Ron Casey. Oh. Bubbles, as she and was she never told, But she never told me to f*** off. <laughs> well, she would have done it in a much more, much more royal and elocute way. It would have been, yeah. fine it, fine it. 
One needs to leave the room. Ah, oh, well, yeah. Uh, oh, no, 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 rest in peace. Yes, exactly. And the other one was uh, one of the uh, one of the big punk rock bands of uh, of that uh, era that came through with Blondie and all those bands. Television, the uh, the man who uh, put that together, Tom Verlaine, passed away at the age of 73. So he was one of the avant-garde New York punk rockers. And Phil Coles was the other one, the Olympic uh, man. Oh, yeah, I heard he. 91. He was Phil Coles. He was a, he was a rower, wasn't he? A uh, canoeist. Yeah. A sprint canoeist. A rose by another name. Yes, exactly. Uh, so they're our, uh, what do you call it, Brian? The death Eliza. That's the death Eliza for this week. <laughs> did you and Phil come up with that, did you? No, actually, I was watching um, the late show on, um, uh, you remember the late show with the working dog people, you know, Rob Sitch and all of them? Yeah, the people I did breakfast radio with, yeah. And they, and they had, they were taking the piss out of the news and, they, you know, Rob Sitch is going, and that's four deaths here and, you know, the death Eliza would go up and they'd have the numbers. Oh, and right. it just, you know, as the news kept going on, the, the numbers kept going up. And then they they were taking the piss and, you know, this is a delicate way to I'll say it as best I can. And then some First Nation people died but the death Eliza didn't move, oh. which was – which you wouldn't do now, but at the time it was like, and it was really, it was saying that, you know, the, that the news people don't rate Aboriginal deaths, um, wow. which was, which was you know, probably an extreme thing and it sounds really bad now, but at the time it was kind no, of funny. No, it's, a, it's a, a comedy commenting on society. That's what, they sh- that's what well, comedians that's do. that's right. Yeah, that's right. I feel a bit awkward even talking about it, but um, but they had the death eliza. So um, there we go. Know, we well, that's what we'll call it well, now. The, the death eliza. We need a, a musical stamp. Dun, 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 the death eliza. <laughs> right. This week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get one. Uh, now, anything else before we head to the chart? Oh, well, Djokovic's one big deal. Who cares? Big surprise there. Well, there actually, there is something big. Something huge. Oh. So, so yeah. you know, they're going to have the WPL to with the IPL. Oh, the women. That's right. Yes, they are. And they've, they've, done, have, they've done the auction yet? No. Is that the, women, they, is that they, the women's people liberation, women's people liberation <laughs> army, the WPL? No, Stan, it's not. Oh, all right. No, so they, they sold the – Rights to five teams in the franchise. The money, how much was, money was ridiculously massive. $800 million. Yes. I mean, there is going to be, especially for some Australian cricketers, some life-changing money coming up, oh, which uh, is uh, great. Obviously, Elisa Healy would be one. I would imagine um, Perry would, would be t- another. I reckon our number one would be Ash Gardner. Uh, she's very good. Well, she uh, bats a three. She bowls spin. Yeah, she's very, she's a good little bowler, actually. Good little. I'd give a, I'd give Ash Barty a go for a hundred grand. She plays cricket too. She plays well too. Yeah, and she's a name. I'd give her a hundred grand to come and play. Why not? Because well, she's just a new mum. I think that's even better. <laughs> in fact, I think most women in the WPL. I want as many pregnant women in there as they can. I want diversity. I know I want It's um, not the women's pregnant league, Brian. Well Oh, sorry, I got confused, <laughs> Kev. Sorry, my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> hey, uh, finally, uh the, the 
the money that they paid for those franchises, I mean, clearly um, massive, you know, two hundred million for a franchise. Will they get that? How do they? How do they get that? Well, they've already they sold. It? They've already sold the TV rights. Oh, two hundred okay. million. Oh, right. For the first year. Jesus. I mean, it will be. It will be watched around the world. Women's yeah, well. cricket at the very top level. Women's cricket's pretty good. Yep. And if you get all the best players and divide them into five teams, it's going to be pretty good standard. And you will get all the best players. Yeah, I'm saying. Well, they'll all play. And yep. Divide that by five, you'll get five good teams. Yeah. Yep. Is, yep. is, is this big bash league that they're playing? Yeah, 2020. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, the girls are good. They, um, you know, I'm quite happy watching the girls play cricket. I think they're great. And well, even the girls playing footy are good now too. So, yeah. The IPL is you worth watching. You didn't mind getting Charlie out LBW. See, they don't mind playing again. The um the IPL is worth watching when they when they've got crowds. The, the atmosphere of that is, is, is sensational. I mean, the Big Bash has moments, but the IPL is just one bloody enormous um, spectacle in terms of it's it's just it's mesmerising. But it, but it's so, there's so much money in it, and it's so fanatically followed that you oh, can see you. that every player cares so much. Like you see those Aussie players, I swear they are. I'm not saying they, they don't give their all playing for Australia, but it's we're talking about if you succeed there, you're set up for life. So, you know, you watch guys like Maxwell and that bat there. This is this matters more to them than anything else in cricket. And so Matty Wade, Matty Wade is the one I love watching play in the IPL. He just he is I mean, yep. he's a ferocious competitor, but by Jeezy goes. Cameron Green will be very interesting to watch how he goes about it. Well, they paid big money for it. They do. Three point three point one or three point five. Yeah, millions. Yep. Yeah, three point one or three point five million. And, and you, you know, know, do, do you know how job much job is it? Like you go and you play what for six weeks? Well, and you make you three point five million. Do you know what percentage of that three point five million they get? No, I don't. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was going to say. I didn't realise. Apart from their managerial cut, that you know, whoever's manager gets oh, a few whatever. But, but, but what about tax? I think. No, I think it's all looked after. I think that's that. I, I heard there's something where they, they they get it paid for, you know, over there or something, and it's tax paid, and it's you walk away with a fortune. It's US dollars too, isn't it? Well, if yeah, so, then we're talking we're talking close to five million. I'm pretty sure it's US dollars. I don't think there's any way around the tax once one because. Um, uh, I remember when Craig Parry won uh, won that big Mercedes tournament in America. Uh, I was playing in in his charity day, and someone said to him, "Oh yeah, nice to put a million dollars in the bank." And Craig said, "Well, I wish I could, but um, the, the Australian Taxation Office has already taken more than a third of it off me." So, yeah. all right, let's get to the chart then, boys. Yep, it's my I had a I had a new pack of smokes. Mm-hmm. And Charlie and Becca have just proceeded to smoke fourteen of them since this show started. Or not at Isn't um isn't Becky three? What? Isn't she three? Three what? Years old? No, Ella's three. Oh, tell her who's three. Sorry. No, Ella's Ella, Ella's only had two smokes. So. Oh, right, yeah, okay. yeah, fair enough. She's cutting back. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, you know. Um Do you know how much a pack of smokes cost in Vietnam? Uh eight bucks. Dollar twenty. Oh, you're yeah. kidding. Yeah. Are you allowed to bring them back? One no. packer. 
Is that all you're allowed? So like the booze, you're allowed one bottle? One kind of. packet. Yeah. You're allowed 2.3 litres of booze, which, you know, it's not bad. Which is, oh, it's not great. Oh, I'm saying, but between two of you, you can bring back 4.6 <laughs> litres of hard alcohol and two packets of cigarettes. <laughs> two cartons. Two packets. What, not a, no, not a carton? No, you can't bring You're allowed one packet per person. Why is that? Because, because you're f***ing up the um, the state, the the federal government or the state government's tax on cigarettes and they don't want you bringing in a whole because lot of the, shit so you can sell them cheap and then rip them off of their greedy tax on cigarettes and alcohol. The government wants to kill you with their own cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's oh, right. Well, now it makes sense, Finey. God, before it didn't make any sense. Are you pushing farts out there, Finey? Is that what you're doing or are you stretching your legs? No, I've got a really sore sciatica. Oh, okay. Right. I wouldn't have even asked yeah. that question if it had been Brian that I could see yeah, on no, the Zoom no, screen here. Painful. I would have already known. Uh, it's not a weird one. I can be standing up all day at work. I don't feel it. As soon as I lie down, I'm in pain. So yep. I wake up all night. That's a sciatica. Number 10, My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. Nine, Amazing Grace, Judy Collins, who's touring here soon. Eight, She's a Lady, Tom Jones. Seven, The Push Bike Song, The Mixtures. Six, Armstrong by Reg Lindsay. Five, Chirpy Chirpy Cheap Cheap by the Middle of the Road and the Lally Scott version as well. Four, I'll Be Gone by Spectrum. Three, Me and Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin. Two, Rose Guard by Lynn Anderson. Number one, What Is Life and Athel Scruffs by George Harrison, who has two in the top ten. Had the, that massive triple album is what that came from. Um, so there's the top ten. You could write a thesis on this chart, I reckon. Of, I already have, Kev. Have you? Could you? Just- it's, av- it's, it's available on uh, Amazon, and if anyone wants to read my thesis on the 1971 June chart, it's there for everybody. Beautiful. May 8, 1971, Brian Mannix's thesis on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I, uh, yeah, I didn't find a lot that I hated on it, but there was enough. No. And I love so much of the songs on this chart. Well, I think I'm going to do the opposite of last week. I just picked six bad ones. I think there's six. There's more than six good ones oh, on this one. Much more than six good ones. And it was a really good year. I just come back from um, overseas as an eight year old, and I'm back in. I'm in grade four, and this was, you know, Finey talks about it regularly. Like this was the year I really started to take notice of music, and um, I started to learn to play guitar, and. Um, these songs, I learnt how to play most of them at guitar school. So this is a wonderful chart for me. I reckon you'd be able to play the three songs I've got in my hate list because I reckon you would have learnt them. <laughs> I reckon I probably did. <laughs> and there's, it was a top 60 too. So I will put it, I forgot to put it up on uh, the social media platform. So I'll put it up so people could share it. Go on, Finey, start us off. What do you got? Well, I do have three bad ones. Look, when it comes to the good ones, some of these songs we've had before, so I've left them out. Yep, true. We have. Um, so there'll be a, apologies to some of the great songs of all times, mm, but I've no. mentioned them previously. Number three, bad. Oh, I'm, I know Donovan did something good, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe boss, I wasn't looking. Now, this rubbish, Celia of the Seals. Yep. Is. Well, 
he would he would have to sing. He would honestly have to sing Nestle Dorma like Pavarotti to make up for this shit. <laughs> for me to consider him anything other than a liability. Yeah, well, he didn't. He certainly didn't do that. He did do some good songs. Some songs that were. He, he, what was he thinking with this rubbish? I don't know. I think he, he went through a kind of rhyming stage. I think, and they're all sort of uh, arty farty rhyming songs that were like, what? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That I actually, I actually. In my notes, I wrote Dr. Seuss had been embarrassed by this song. Yep, yep. That he was going, he was definitely going through a Dr. Seuss stage. So, yeah, what's your so good, that's my number three bad. Yeah, what's your good one? All right. Well, you know, obviously Black Knights in this and oh, all that. So you know, yes. you put, but I didn't put that in because I put that in previously. Yep. So I will just obviously immigrant songs magnificent. So yes. I put that. The immigrant songs. Yep. Good. We've got that covered. So immigrant songs one you're putting in? Yeah, that's oh, okay. number that's three. One, oh, that, yeah. okay. Now I don't have to, thank you. Yep, that's me good. neither. I've got I've got seventeen songs in the good pile. Go yep. on, Brian, what do you got? What was his bad one? Um uh, City of the Seals, Seals by Donovan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're totally on the ball there, Finey. Um I'm gonna um Look, I'm going to have more good than bad, but I'm going to go for my number six good. Oh, yeah, no good. Okay. Well, I might have two bad, but um, I'm going to go for – I can't see what the number is, Kev, but um, it's Elvis Presley, There Goes My Everything. And the flip side is a double S. Yeah, and the flip side is – What's the, what is the flip side, Kev? I can't see it. Um, Here comes I my anything. <laughs> I, I really don't want to know. That's it. I really don't want to know. There goes my everything. Yeah, I really – yeah, I, I, my dad bought that single and I played the shit out of it and I even made a Super 8 movie using that as the soundtrack. So that's got a special meaning for okay. me. And um, and, and interesting um, – on one side of the record, he's going, ah, oh, there goes the girl I love, you know, she just walked out on me. And then, yeah, the, 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 the lyrics contradict each other kind of. But anyway, anyway, so that's my number six good. And look, you know, you, look, there's so many really beauties here. Um, I'm going to go for – actually, I'm going to go for a bad one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Joy to the World by um, Three Dog Night. I know a what? lot of people – Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine. Yeah, take some more acid, buddy. Fucking good on you. Um, <laughs> and I didn't mention him in the death of Liza, but Floyd Sneed, I think his name was, the drummer of Three Dog Night, died this week at the age of 80. Ding. Another one on the death of Liza. You've got to have a little, you got to have a little ding. You know, somebody's like, ding. Which is, uh, of course, the sound of an angel. Not, not, so, their, okay. not their best song, Joy to the World, I have to admit. Not one I like. People love it, but I, it yeah. annoys me. It's right up there with, you know, those shit songs that cover bands do. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, big rap for joy to the world. Uh, number three, Bad, I'm going to go with uh, Dawn's Knock Three Times. Bloody awful song. Um, that's all I'll say about it. Uh, Tony Orlando, no, seriously. <sighs> Poor Tony. Very ordinary. And I'll do what you did too, Fonny. I've got a list, long as your arm, of the songs that uh, – and, and many of those we've mentioned before – I'm going to go with three that I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't mentioned before. And I'm going to start it with, uh, what number is it? I think it's number 19, 
Mr. Bojangles by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. I loved their version of this. Um, I also loved a couple of other versions of it, but their version where they talk at the start and do the whole story and then get into the song is really good. So um, I'll go with uh, Mr. Bojangles by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Mr. Fine, number two. Who else? Who else? Mr. Bojangles, because I play a version of Jerry Jeff Walker, which is a beautiful version too. And Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, he does a good version. I think Jerry Jeff Walker wrote it. Yeah, um, I, I, I play it at work. It's on one of my playlists, so I know the whole story. He had a dog who died. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, that's that's the nitty gritty dirt band version. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's very good. All right, my number two bad Niels. Any song that starts like this. Bong, bong. <laughs> I know where you're going here. I know where you. I know where you're going here, and I don't. I don't like it, Mother. You yep. had me, well, but I never well, had you. I'm, as soon as I see plastic Yoko band, I'm, my my you know my hackles are up. I'm ready for the worst, and it was the worst. I mean, look. She must have been, there must have been something about, about, I've always said this, she must have had a magical pussy because why, <laughs> why John ever colluded Thank with God her? Thank God we got musical. to the adults only part of the show. Jeez. I mean, it, 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 it must have, it must have had gears, fair income, because. <laughs> Stop it. Well, seriously. I know, I know there was a lot of grinding going All on. All right, so. that's enough. Don't encourage but, him for God's but, sake. You know, you know, it, it must have been like like one of those massage yeah. chairs right. with well, different no, we, settings. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. why did he ever collude with her musically? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I never kind of got that either, to be honest. Anyhow, this song starts with <laughs> like a minute of a minute of clock clock chimes or whatever it is. Or I, I think it's, I think it's supposed to represent a death knoll. Yeah, you know, the, well, the death bell because his mother died. You know, she was run over by. Oh, well, at a, least we've got something for. At least we've got something for the death Eliza. <laughs> wow, this is the death Eliza. Yeah, anyway, it's a complete piece of, It's yes. a complete. It, it's, again, I'll say it, it again. She must have had a. All anyway. right. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, <laughs> he. Um, he. He. Um, Look, it's a very honest expression of where he's at at the time because a lot of his songs are like a diary. However, I agree with you that this song, musically and melody-wise, you know, I think this is probably the time when he was, you know, into heroin and um, it's a pretty uninspired melody and production. So, you know, as much as I love John Lennon, I kind of agree with the song. Yeah. It must have smelled like roses. <laughs> Number two, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through what's good about it. <laughs> it. It probably played tunes and on a hot day. Oh, would you just get this. on with number two? Good <laughs> for God's sake! Get off Yoko for five seconds. Right. <laughs> it, it must have been all right. Light. On a dark night, you could have navigated yeah. by it. <laughs> it was a safety device. Uh, they should have called it. They should have called that thing that you get to dial up everything Yoko instead of Siri. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's the song. You know you can sometimes get lost because there's so many brilliant songs in this chart, like famous, famous songs. Yeah. You know, 
me and Bobby McGee. Oh, I mean, yes. so, I, I haven't included that. No. Because I found one that most might have let go through to the keeper, but not me. No. Stephen Stills, Love the One You're With. Great song. It, it, it's a great it's a really good song. Yep. It's the morals of it are absolutely appalling. If you, you can't know, if be you with the one you love, love the one you're with. If, if, if your girlfriend's it's, it's, not it's here. It's the most practical song of all time. <laughs> if, your girl, if your girlfriend's not here, just f*** somebody else. That's the message of that song. Well, you know, you can't just say it like that, Brian. Well, that's what they're saying. Hence why your version of this song was never played on Australian radio. If you can't be with your girlfriend, it's f- Somebody else. I can't believe it, it was. You know what? You know what it was released? It wasn't released under that name all around the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. On the Gold Coast, it's known as the Balcony Song. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, hang on. The crowd's gone quiet. I'm just rejoicing in the oh, yeah, right. <laughs> no, very good, very good choice, Finey. Good song, You know what balcony is? It's just baloney with a C. Yeah. All right. Hey, Romeo, where for art thou, Romeo? Give us your your next two. Well, number 61, Kev, it's Yoko Ono with magical geared pussy. (laughs) And um, I know, I know, fine, he's not a big fan of this one, but. uh, I thought it was You know, in in case of emergencies, it was a flotation. Stop it. <laughs> um, okay. Um, you can pick and a, This you can episode pick a, will not be called Yoko's Pussy. Just get that out of your mind right now. Yoko's you can pick pussy. up Radio that's Luxembourg a, on that, it. That's a freaking great name for a band, isn't it? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? I'm going to go see Yoko's Pussy. Yes, yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm up for that. Yoko's Pussy. All right. Can you a, give us your next two? I'm going to make an album called Yoko's Pussy. That's. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. All I right. Love it. Now, can you tell me what your next two songs are? I've got two good ones. If here. it was over 38 degrees, you could fry eggs. Yes, yeah, all right. <laughs> Finally, yeah. you know this is going to end? Well, how, you know, you wake up with your girl in the morning, so how would you like your eggs? And she says, not fertilised. Yeah, go all right. Now, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Okay. Oh, we've taken over again, Brian. Hey, it's just down in the gutter again. Fantastic. Um, uh, God, when did we ever get out? Uh, two good ones. I feel like I feel yeah. like I feel the young one in Steptoe and Son working with you two. Seriously. This, oh, be, like, this is just beneath me. This is beneath me and my dignity and my standing in the broadcasting community. I bet you didn't I bet you didn't run this. Like past Tony Mulcair or whatever his name was. Kev, Kev, in yes, all bro. honesty, yes, I think if, you talk, if you're going to be somebody in Steptoe and Son, I think Hercules is where you go. Yeah, thanks very much. I, I've all got right. to say that that I know this is a audio broadcast. Yeah. From certain angles tonight, Brian has looked like Wilfred Bramble. <laughs> <laughs> That big chin. <laughs> oh, you want to have a look at this? Oh, she's got her knickers off. Oh, she's a filthy little girl. You're not on the balcony now on Saturday night. Come on, what do you what do you got? For, what are your next two uh, uh, Number two. This is an easy one. It's the one just up from whatever number that was. 
Your song by Elton John. Gee, what a great song that is. Are you saying it's a bad song? No, I'm saying it's a good song. Oh, okay. Oh, the, these, are, these are both good. Oh, good. Yeah, Band, okay. Band of Gold, I think, is. Oh, forever. Uh, it's just it's just really good lyrics and it's a great melody and it's got a great groove. And um, your song, well, everybody knows why your song is great. It just just touches your heart. So it's there a little you bit go. funny. This feeling inside. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Kev, I'm not one of those that can easily hide. Don't count for much, uh, but but if it's I'd might not have, I'd buy a big house where Finey could live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, we didn't no. have to worry about the car parking and all the f***ing tennis on. <laughs> as long as it's got a lamppost. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I can't wait to get my lamppost. Save the lamppost for next week. We'll mention it then. Now, my number, my next two are in the bad pile. Chirpy, chirpy, cheap, chip. What a piece of shit that is. Uh, I don't care who sings it, whether it's Lally Scott or Middle of the Road or the, anybody. It's just an awful, awful, awful song. Doesn't it sound like it was written by John Singleton for Tuckerbox? Oh, God, it's an awful song. It don't, it's I don't a, mind it. Oh. I don't mind it. As I said, this was the year when I started playing guitar. And well, you can't Black play guitar. I heard my mama singing a song. It's sort of Motown almost. Oh, it is. I look not. I, I, it's bubblegum Motown. But there's no such animal manics, you Philistine. I've just made it up, thank you. Uh, you, <laughs> you. I will bomb you, you infidel. You infidel. <laughs> I will bomb you. I will bomb you big. They call you a Philistine, not a Palestine. <laughs> no, I'm, no, he's calling me. I, he's an infidel. He's an infidel. <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't know. About time we got some religious wars into this yes. show. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, all right, so Chevy, Chevy, Cheap, Cheap. And my other one, I've got two here. Uh, I'll flip a coin and say my number two is, and I love this song. And there were so many songs you talk about by bands that you know, were just massively big hits. And then there were other little songs underneath that uh, that you listened to and you went, that's a good song. It's right down the bottom of this chart. It's right a white swan by T Rex. I love that song. A great little song. I think it goes for about two minutes, if that. And it is an absolute beauty. I love it. And it wasn't one that I mentioned before. Absolute sick choice. What? Ooh, controversy. Shit choice. Terrible. Right. I'm just going to keep out of this, let you two fight it out. This is great. (laughs) All right, then let's get to your uh, your number ones here, Finey. What do you got for me? First of all, my Palestine reference, I do know that they get bombed more than they do bomb, so I'm not stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what is an infidel? Just out of interest, that's somebody's the question, is it? Is an, an infidel the non believer? In what? In the Muslim religion Muslim. or just? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Muslim. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just uh, an infidel. I'm an infidel for all religions. Okay. You, now, you, you're Jewish. How can you be an infidel? <laughs> because I don't believe in the religion. Oh, come oh, you on. You're just a little bit overtired and it just seems like too much effort now. Tomorrow when you wake up, you're going, no, nah, actually, the Judaism's okay. I'm, I'm into it again. I got told I got told by a Jewish customer today, you see, Jews are supposed to be buried, not cremated, and I told her I'm, I'm going to be cremated. Oh. And do you know what she said? What? So, something nasty. <laughs> she said, because also Jews aren't supposed to have tattoos. 
Yep. Oh, and, yes. and I said, I'm going to be cremated. She goes, well, that'll solve your tattoo problem. <laughs> <laughs> you she quite, you she quite witty. <laughs> yeah. You're infi- you infidel. You don't need Idiot. to be cremated. I will bomb you, infidel. So my number two bad was mother. Yep. And I'm stuck in the family way. Look, this is a, a start with some of the greatest songs of all time. Mm. Yeah. So how this this no hope and no talent homeless old geezer called Clive Dunn. Oh, yeah, granddad, yes. Got a song in the, you know, weeks between the immigrant song and your song and me and Bobby McGee, some of the great songs of all time, is this, <laughs> is this piece of stupidity called Granddad where Clive Dunn is literally singing like like Harold Steptoe. Yeah. He's... Or Albert Steptoe, yeah. you know, so. Oh, this is I'm an old geezer. It's a very good version. Yeah, correct. Clive Dunn. Yes. Yeah. The Y obviously silent. Yeah, well, I don't know who he is. What's his name? Clive Dunn. Well, Clive e. Dunny. Yep. Yeah. Danny boy. That's what he's going to say. Danny boy, what do you got for us? With apologies to many, many songs. Now, oh, okay. when you when you said Ride a White Song, Ride a White Swan, I said shit choice, didn't I? Yeah. Because you gazumped me for one of my favourite songs of all time. Now, apologies. I love T-Rex. I love T-Rex, right? Yep. Mm. And I've been listening to them quite a bit over the recent months. And, you know, 20th Century Boys is a great song, Children of the Revolution. Oh, no, is that them? Yeah, yeah, Children of the Revolution's a good song. Yeah, yeah. Dun, oh, brilliant. Dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, almost more brilliant than any of their songs is Ride a White Swan because it truly is glam rock, but it's got this, it just really, it, it taps into this cool late 60s, you know, that that dress when they all dressed up fancy and whatever. And yep. It, it, it's, a, it's an era that I wasn't part of, but it was... You know, going out in, in in velour tails and suits and this crazy. You know, um, I remember there was a scene in in um, in the in you know that movie with Daniel Day Lewis in the name of your father. Yeah. Before they got charged with the bombing, they all went out. These Irish and they went out and they played the music of that Herman and the Hermit song. What's that thoroughly? What's that song? Uh, I don't. I don't remember something, the scene. Something about it's. It, but what's a Herman Hermit song famous about being dressed like a? You know. Uh, oh, it's one of their famous songs. Oh, okay. Is that called Cocksucker Tie? Stop it! No, there was a <laughs> song their, that was off their second written, album. This song was originally written for the Kinks, and they didn't want to do it. Um. Well, who wants oh, to sing a song called Cocksucker Tie? Oh, stop it, Brian. <laughs> stop oh, it. It's, it's something, a dedicated follower of fashion. Yeah, well, that was a Kinks song. The yeah, King I'm saying. And, the, but didn't Herman and the Hermits sing it or no, the other way around? Well, the Kinks, no, the Kinks the King had the hit. Sorry. Yeah. It was written for the Hermit, Herman and the Hermits. Oh, and the Kinks okay. Sung it. Oh, okay. And that's that sort of feel, that, that yeah. for want of a better term, Gaylord. Yep. A dedicated and follower of fashion. Oh, yes, So what I'm is. trying to get across is the Rider White Swan just brilliantly encapsulates that, that I don't know what that 
so, is, there's a Soho, that fashion scene. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. That's it. Yep. Carnaby Street. Yeah, Carnaby Street. Carnaby Street. That's what I'm after. Yep. Yeah. And it's f- brilliant. It's great such song. a great song. Yeah, it is a great song. Yeah. And not one, not one. To be honest, apart from you, not one I've ever heard anyone wax lyrical about before. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, look, I would, I would rate their best songs as that. Children of the Revolution. Um, Do you know the a song of theirs called it. "The Beltane Walk"? No, good, good song. I like, I like Jeep Stuff for your Jeep's love. Is good. Yeah. Metal Guru's a good song. Metal Guru. Metal Guru's a great song. I love oh. Metal Guru. Um, that's a really good song. Anyway, uh, they are hugely underrated, and that's close to their best song. So, yep. yep. Oh, well, a well, big then, number one. I, I'm now not shitty at you. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, very good. All right, Brian. What's your last two? Well, this is. I've got a bit of a tie here. Um, a cocksucker tie, or whatever you said. <laughs> oh, the cocksucker tie. <laughs> that's that's number sixty-two. Yeah. Also, with the by Yoko Ono. Yeah. Yoko Ono after <laughs> magical geared up pussy. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> from the album Grinding. Um, <laughs> you know a, that her, that's you a know ride at Disneyland, put, isn't it? Do you know? Do you know that in nineteen sixty-eight? <laughs> Yoko Yoko Ono's pussy kicked 107 goals in the waffle. <laughs> so just, just you're a pain in the ass, funny. All right. She she took ping pong balls oh, to a whole new level. This is like this is like Derek and Clive live. Now, what are you next to that you got the tie with Brian? Okay, now this isn't a bad song, but oh. it's bad because he stole it. And he didn't need to do it. Uh, I'm talking about George Harrison, My Sweet Lord. Mm. Um, um, What's well, he so fine and he got sued for it. And, you know, like it's okay. It's a, it, not a bad song. But I, th- I think the fact, you know, and I can even hear it, you know, he's so fine, My Sweet Lord. It's yeah. exactly the same. So, you know, a song is melody and words, and okay, he's stolen the melody, so he probably deserves to go. So, I think that's disappointing for George. Yep. But interestingly, my number one best is um, Eleanor Rigby by the Zoot. Yep. Um, it's a great song, and what they do with it is amazing. I know we've spoken about it many times on this show, but you know, it's it's that good. In fact, I think I'm going to get. Turkey and the Queensland band to learn it because yeah, I think do it. Yeah, no, nah, it's rocking. So do it. Um, and do do yeah. um do the other one they do. What was the follow up to that? Was the one that Rick Springfield wrote was a really good song too. Um, if it's Jesse's girl, there's no fucking chance. No, it's Jesse's girl. <laughs> uh, the freak, I think it's called. Yeah, the freak. Good song. Um, okay. Yeah, you're right. Eleanor Rigby is one of the – and I'm sure Finey has – Finey mentioned me and Bobby McGee, but I'll Be Gone by Spectrum is a great song. There's a Credence yeah. – there's a double-sided Credence song on, oh. on this that's just fantastic. Black yes. and Blue by Chains, a bloody classic. Um, oh, yeah. Eleanor and, Rigby. And Kev, where, where was Black and Blue recorded? Oh, no. No, no that was – I remember one. when I was young. Yeah, recorded yeah. in the in the on the field with the cows. All right, sorry, yeah. I interrupted. Black and blues of uh, Matt Taylor and Phil Manning. It's just a bloody brilliant song. Um, uh, because I love you by the Masters is in there, which is another song that I think is fantastic. Uh, Classic. No matter what, by Bad Fingers, a song I really love. But the one I picked at number one is is not 
Black Knight or the Immigrant Song or any rock and roll song is actually the, probably the, one of the softest songs on that chart. And again, it's the woman whose voice makes me melt every time. There's Mama Cass, Linda Ronstadt and Karen Carpenter. Oh, what's Cass up to on this chart, Cass? For all we know, which is not one of their greatest songs, but she just sings it a treat and it just is a beautiful, beautiful song as per usual. Uh, I totally respect that. And my number one bad is a woman who uh, could uh, literally uh, make is, you want to put – Is James Rain? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know he's not on the chart, but did you, <laughs> did you decide to put him in anyway? No, no, no. I put in uh, the song that's number two on this, Lynn Anderson's Rose Garden. God, I hated that song. I, I beg, beg your, your pardon. pardon. I, I beg your pardon, pardon Oh, God, that's an awful song. That's just an awful song. That's the kind of country music that I didn't like. Do you it think was the a great year though, nineteen seventy-one? Yeah, oh, good it was year. terrific. Yeah. Good oh, year. it was the year Yoko's pussy won the Inter Dominion. <laughs> Stop it, <laughs> Jesus! Uh, you know, I think they also it won, won by a- it won by a lip. <laughs> they also won. Yoko's well, if you pussy could call- also won a Grammy. Best Picture. Yeah. Actually, no, it did win Best Picture. <laughs> it wasn't the Best Picture. No, no, thank you. Um, best well, Barnacle you can, in a supporting role. <laughs> if you can call a bloody um, a dog Wednesday Adams, why couldn't you call a trotter Yoko's yeah, pussy? pussy. Uh, now, I, I have forgotten something very important. Oh, God, here we go. To, no, very important. Oh, Okay. If it's about Yoko's pussy, I need to hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. No, well, remember the Chinaman who no longer has anything to do with me? Yes. Oh, he knows. Remember, <laughs> remember his famous lines like, if you work hard, <laughs> one day you could own a business like me or Lenny. Oh, no. He, he's gone bust, hasn't he? <laughs> no, no, no. He's oh, not no. dead. No. No. I, well. No, I didn't say. Something very big happened this week. Oh, no. He closed down. No, 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 not him. No. To Lenny. What happened? He was in the Australia Day Honours list. Oh, really? So his name oh. is Leonard, Lenny Gross. Yeah. But for the last 15 years he has done tireless work with handicapped people, not just in uh, – there is a group access in the Jewish community, but also non-Jewish people around Caulfield. He, he, he has – a holiday house that he bought in Frankston, and he he's just always doing stuff. And he's got special, um, he's got a gym that's access, open to them, and he, he just his work it's ridiculous. You know, it given how hard it is to run a deli, they, you know, because he often had these young adults working there, and he's yeah. got set them. Then he got recognised with an OAM. Very good. No, I like well, I like Kev, all of those stories. Why can't we get him on Life of Brian as a OAM? Well, we probably can. We'll talk to Mark and get some details of uh, of Lenny and ha- have a chat to him. Yeah, yeah. you know, look to, to be honest, be too bashful. The feedback, yeah. the feedback I get about this show, right? This show is this show, rock and roll. That people would be quite happy. If you and me weren't even on a Kevin, the whole show was dedicated to the bloke down at the reject shop. (laughs) (laughs) It's always everybody's favourite part, and so it was great to have a little bit of him in there tonight. Stop dancing with red wine. I'm telling you, it wasn't him. 
It was the wife. I'm telling you, she bloody guy bossed what could have been. We, we could have taken him on Broadway if he was that funny, but. Well, you know. She she caught, she, she caught, she realised. Keeping in, in with the theme of this show was her name by any chance. Yeah, goes pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's one hell of a. You can beep that no, out without no, me no, saying no, it. Yeah, 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 no, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, here you go. We, we've been talking about a great Australian on this show for weeks and weeks and weeks with your updates of this man. And, you know, and you were right, Fonny. He's a great Australian, despite you buying $2 disguise kits so that he won't recognise you. <laughs> he didn't He didn't get the OAM. Lenny did, the guy I bought the deli yeah, off. correct. Oh, I thought. No, 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 no. Lenny, who, who finally bought the business off. And the business is still named what, after. What do you think the Chinaman would get an OAM for? Services to glasses. Oh, I thought he was looking after. I thought he was looking after people that, you know, he had the holiday home and all the things. I thought that was the Chinaman. No. No, 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 no. Ah. Uh, no, no, Brian. <laughs> but he might, look, he might be a wonderful fellow who does work in the community. He might get one one day. Who knows? I don't oh, bloody yeah. think so. <laughs> <laughs> he targets the homeless that sit out the front of his shop rent. <laughs> And if they don't pay, he hoses them down. Stop it. (laughs) You don't know that. All right, that's it. We've uh, we've done enough. Uh, Our work here is done, gents. Did we keep it into an hour, Ken? No, it's an hour and a half. It's just, it's, uh, you 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 know what the downfall of this program was? Everybody keeps crapping on Exactly. The downfall of this program was when Yoko was introduced and that sent it another 30 minutes longer than it probably should have been. So basically Look, you're saying uh, that this small. show is ruined because of Yoko's pussy. Yes, I'm you saying could, that. You could say what you want about it, but it did find a cure for polio. <laughs> and it did kick. Well, how many goals did it kick in a season? Seven. In the waffle. <laughs> in the waffle. How many waffles? It wouldn't, it, it wouldn't move east. <laughs> you, you, you'd reckon. They, could, they, convinced, they convinced Yoko, but the pussy stayed put. Yeah, you'd reckon that it wouldn't would have cross translated state lines. to 50 goals yes. in the AFL. You know, like any good pussy, it preferred hard ground. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to finish this by saying uh, thank you, uh, Mr Mannix. Enjoy uh, your week. Stay off the balcony and uh, keep the curtains drawn. Well, I don't have any curtains, Kev. Well, that's obvious, uh, especially by the three hours of footage I've got. Uh, and uh, there's only one other way to finish this program. Piss off, Finey. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, mate. And don't edit out her pussy. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>